little bit. So if that becomes a problem during this hearing, I'll ask the vice chair to step in. Otherwise, we'll uh, proceed as is normal. So I'd like to call this meeting to order. And uh, if we can begin with the Pledge of Allegiance, and I've asked Commissioner Trapezonian to lead us in the pledge. If you could, please stand with us. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Uh, staff, can we do a roll call, please? Yes, Chair. Commissioner Martinez. Commissioner Martinez, present. Commissioner Trapassonian. Present. Um, Commissioner Simpson. Present. Vice Chair Glasgow. Present. And Chair. Um, <laughs> Vasquez. Vasquez. Vasquez, present. I forget who I am. Martinez, sometimes Vasquez, as well. guy. Yeah, it's okay. Next to my head, Vasquez. I'm so sorry. It's okay. If you ever call me Martinez, I won't, won't be. It's a compliment. It's all, all as well. Thank you. Uh, we're all here, and I want to say on the outset, if it's okay and appropriate, this is Commissioner Trapassonian's last meeting as a planning commissioner here, and I'm sure we'll say some remarks at the conclusion of our, of our time together, but I want to say we've been thrilled to have you and sad to see you go. Of course, uh, now's the time for public comments. These are for items not listed on the agenda. If any member of the public wishes to speak on an item that's not listed on the agenda, you may do so at this time. Not receiving any cards and seeing none uh, here, we'll move forward with our consent calendar. Commissioners looking for a, um, a motion to approve. Make a motion to approve the consent calendar as presented. Second. Okay. Oops. Okay, great. Commissioners, please vote. I shouldn't add myself to that list. There we go. <clears throat> That's it. The motion carries. Uh, consent calendar is approved 5-0. Okay, now we'll continue on. Assistant Community Development Director report, Ms. Pahoshek. Well, Chair, I too would like to uh, acknowledge that this is Commissioner Trapassonian's last meeting and uh, we appreciate your service to the commission and to the city and just thank you. We wish you well going forward. I think we'll just keep doing that before every item. If that's okay. I'll take it. And I'll if, take if it. If the public is just fine with it, I think we'll do it. Um, we won't, but, but we love you. All right. Uh, we'll move forward now with commission business. This is item 5.1. It's that time of the year to select planning commission officers, a chair and a vice chair for a one-year term effective tomorrow. Commissioners, uh, discussion, motion, the floor is yours. Mr. Chair, I have a motion. Well, can I talk before you do that, please? Uh, sure. Um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but uh, I am not, as of June, I will be finished as a commissioner. They're not renewing my term uh, following June. So um, if it would be the request of the board, I, I would love to sit as chair as my final year, as my final six, four months going out as chair and uh, have uh, <clears throat> Chair Vasquez sit as vice chair to take the chair position starting in, in July. Uh, is, that, is that a motion or the, the um, opening discussion on the item? Opening discussion. I'm. 
Um, I don't know if I should be the one making the motion or not since I want to sit as chair, but if somebody would like to make the motion, I would um, go on from there. Okay, we'll to the commission then for further discussion. Yeah, I, just I a question. Wanted, okay, just question, then we'll have <laughs> Commissioner Simpson go. We're being asked to uh, select officers for one year, so is, does it, are we able to do it for shorter than a year since we know that the one-year term can't be served? Can we ask that to the, the question of staff here? Yes, yes, you can, because uh, it ain't over till it's over, so uh, <laughs> never know what happens. And there, there is a six, six, succession plan anyway in place with the vice chair so okay question answered commissioner simpson i, I appreciate that uh vice chair has made the recommendation and and uh, understand that and he, he has served as chair a couple of times and, and done a fine job but i also look to the uh, uh to the planning commission as a whole and how we're unsure of the of the folks that will be joining us as we're pretty much assured we are growing from five to seven, and um, I kind of like our protocol of having a, a chair as uh, for two years. I think uh, the current chair has done a, a great job, and I'd like to make an alternative motion of, of uh, retaining the, the current uh, makeup of our leaders and, and having uh, Chair Vasquez continue and Chair Glasgow continue as vice chair. Is that a motion? Yes, sir. Okay, we'd look for a second on the motion. Am I allowed to ask a question at this Absolutely. point? Uh, to our city attorney, um, would it be feasible to allow Commissioner Glasgow uh, to serve until his term ends, and at this point would we vote on who would replace him? Uh, the, the vice chair position at that time? Or would we have to start the whole process at the, the completion of his term? Um, at, if, if everything plays out the way it, it appears that it, it would, then, and if, if uh, Commissioner Glasgow was, was the chair, then upon his departure, the vice chair would become the chair, and then it would be up to the new seven-member or six-whatever commission to choose a vice chair. So we so just to follow Christian, so we would not be able to then at this date assign who would be vice chair in the event that the chair were to leave. No. Okay, thank you. There's an active motion on the floor. I'll second. Um before we vote, staff um I don't know if I'd have to announce that at the beginning. If, I know our options are usually yes or no. Is there an option for me to recuse myself on the vote? Based on um, just that you don't want to vote for yourself? Yes. Well, there's there's no financial uh, okay. consideration. Um, okay. it, it's a um, nice thought, but there's no need for you to recuse okay. yourself. Okay. Discussion? Yes, discussion on that, I'm certainly. Okay. Um, I, I certainly would like to see uh, him serve. I, I just am having some questions about when we have, when, when he departs, what may transpire at that point. That, that's exactly where I'm at. Uh, with all respect, I want to make sure that uh, consistency uh, in, in the board, in the committee's 
chair and vice chair is is solid for the next 12 months. So it, it really has to do with the time frame. Any other discussion on the motion before us? Let me see if I can clarify this. In my understanding, it's no different that the consistent would still be there is if I was be absent, Vasquez would take the chair at that point. And any meeting that he missed, I was the chair. So there's still consistency there as chair and vice chair. And as soon as my departure is, he would step in his chair. And then I'm not sure if it'd be in June before I depart that we'd make the motion to, to reelect a new vice chair or if it'd go to the following meeting in July to, to vote to, for a vice chair. That could probably be scheduled for June. For June, so. Mm -hmm. um, to be effective. July. The first, the first, first meeting, meeting in July. In July. So, um, and I understand the continuity part of it, but, but we're not losing continuity. I could see if both of us were stepping down and both of us were going away, then you'd lose some continuity in it. But we're not losing continuity with a person that's sitting as chair, sitting as vice chair, is now moving back into that position. I, I understand that, but uh, then we would have it would be the vice chair position that would be unknown because we don't know who else would be sitting in the seats. But that would come back to us at the last meeting in June, so we would select a vice chair at that time. Any further comments on the motion? Okay. Commissioners, uh, please vote. Okay, the motion carries four to one. We'll move forward. Thank you, commissioners. We'll move forward with the next item. This is item 6.1, uh, public hearing, <clears throat> 6.1, public hearing to consider conditional use permit number 3189-22, El Porto de, del, sorry, de Veracruz, 4530 East Chapman Avenue, and finding of CEQA exemption. Uh, a report on this one, staff. Associate Planner Ryan Agbayani will be making the presentation. Good evening, Chair and members of the Planning Commission. Uh, the item for consideration is a conditional use permit to allow beer and wine sales for on-site consumption in conjunction with a Type 41 ABC license at an existing restaurant located at 4530 East Chapman Avenue. The business operator is El Portal de Veracruz, which is a family restaurant serving Mexican food to patrons and the community. The restaurant is located within an existing commercial shopping center that also includes Albertsons and red carpet liquors as major tenants. The restaurant operates Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday from 5 a.m. to 7 p.m., Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday from 5 a.m. to 8 p.m., and Sunday from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. The restaurant has 44 seats within a 1,400-square-foot interior tenant space and no outdoor seating. The building and tenant space are existing and no changes are proposed. All sale of alcoholic beverages will remain inside the premises and not sold for takeout or to persons who wish to purchase beer and wine without food. The police department reviewed the CUP application for an ABC license and prepared a memo summarizing their findings. The proposed business is located within census tract 219.14, which is considered under-concentrated 
with on-sale alcohol licenses, zero existing, five allowed, and over-concentrated with off-sale licenses, five existing and two allowed. If approved, the proposed ABC Type 41 license will be the first on-sale license within the census tract, which is below the allowed number of five. Lastly, in 2021, a total of 122 crimes were reported within this reporting district. The citywide average of reported crimes per district is 71. Therefore, the 122 reported crime statistic is 72% above the average threshold of reported crimes. A combined total of 100 arrests were made, and of the 100 arrests, 75 were related to alcohol use. Despite having an over-concentration of off-sale licenses and being categorized as a high-crime district, the PD affirms that if the applicant's request to serve alcohol is approved and the operator incorporates a proper alcohol management plan and adheres to the conditions of approval, it would not create a nuisance to the community or be a burden on police services. The complete PD memo and conditions of approval are included as attachment five in the staff report. That is the conclusion of the report. Staff is available to answer any general questions. And I will mention that the applicant is in attendance this evening. Thank you. Okay, excellent. Thank you, staff. Uh, commissioners, questions of staff at this time? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and open the public hearing. Uh, if I can ask the applicant uh, here, if you'd like to come forward and address the commission, the time is yours. Take as much time as you'd like on your item. Thank you. My name is Ankit Patel. Uh, this is my wife, Namrata Patel. We're the owners of El Portal de Veracruz here in the city of Orange. Um, we're applying for the con conditional use permit in order to acquire the um, ABC uh, beer and wine license. And uh, Yeah, we've been serving the com uh, community here for five years, and we hear from our customers that they would love to have beer and wine with their food, and we would love if, if this got approved to continue to um, serve our community here in the city of Orange. We'd be happy to answer any questions. Thank you both. Commissioners, any questions? The applicant. And I apologize if you just said it. How long has, has this restaurant been in operation? Five years. Five years. Well, I mean, the... So the restaurant itself has been around for about 20 years. We okay. purchased it five years ago. Okay. And have made it through the pandemic and are continuing to push through, so... Great. Thank you. Uh, seeing no questions at this time, uh, thank you. Um, and uh, if any member of the public... Oh, actually, we do have a question from the vice chair. I just want to make sure you guys have went through all the conditions through the resolutions of our the, P, the Planning Commission and also from PD and accept, yes. the, accept all the conditions on it? Yes, and we agree with the conditions that okay. they set forth. Thank you. Okay, thank you. May take your seat. Appreciate thank it. You. Uh, if any member of the public would like to speak on the item, now is your time to do so. Seeing none, um, I will close the public hearing and look to the commission for a motion. I'll open up. I, I'm familiar with the restaurant. I um, frequent that area and stop in once in a while. My cleaners happen to be right next door. Um, I think it's a very clean area um, and uh, enjoy the uh, different opportunities for business to, to thrive there. I think this is a good tool for a, a small restaurant that um, is enjoyed by others. I recognize that the area is, has some challenges uh, 
in, in, in some police, in some crime. Um, given the area, I do not associate that with um, the, the plaza necessarily. Um, but uh, I, I don't, I, I've read through the staff report and, and uh, the police memo and I appreciate, uh, I think I'll be supporting this. Excellent. Anybody else wish to speak? Mr. Vice Chair. Yeah, yeah me, also. I mean, I've been by there quite a few times. Uh, I've not frequented the restaurant, but I, uh, the hardware store and the liquor store and Albertsons and clean area. I think a lot of the uh, crime may be associated with the county islands in there and not really as much as it is orange, but they happen to be an orange when, when things go down. So, um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll be supportive of this and, and thank you for coming to us and, and thank you for being in the city of Orange. Yes, and I'll just add my voice to say, I think this is a joy as a member of the Planning Commission when we get to hear from applicants and um, we sense obviously the pride in your restaurant and congratulate you on, um, it's very real obviously surviving the pandemic and I look forward to visiting, I have not yet, but I look forward to it. And at this point would look for a motion from the commission. Happy to make a approval of uh, resolution number PC04-23, a resolution of the Planning Commission of the City of Orange, approving conditional use permit number 3189-22, allowing beer and wine sales for on-site consumption in conjunction with a new state of California Department of Alcohol Beverage Control, ABC Type 41 license on sale beer and wine at an existing restaurant located at 4530 East Chapman Avenue. Is there a second on the motion? I have, I have seconded. Okay. Oh, I do see that here. Thank you. It's been first and seconded. Commissioners, please vote. Congratulations. The motion carries five to zero, and we'll see you in your restaurant serving beer and wine soon. Thank you. Um, we'll now move forward to item 6.2. If you don't know, it's Commissioner Trapezonian's last meeting with us. <laughs> Um, in all seriousness, this is public hearing and conditional use permit number 3138-21. This is major site plan review number 1040-21, design review number 5030-21, administrative adjustment number 0051-21, and mitigated negative declaration number 1875-21, uh, known as streetlights mixed use apartment development located at 840 the City Drive South including adoption of mitigated negative declaration number 1875-21 and associated mitigation monitoring and reporting program. Look for a staff report on the item. Yes, Associate Planner Monique Schwartz will be making the presentation. Good evening, Chair Vasquez and members of the Planning Commission. The applicant, the development team, and the city's transportation analyst are present this evening to answer any questions that you may have. The Streetlights project is a proposal to demolish an existing retail building and surface parking lot in order to construct 225 units, vertical mixed-use apartment development, including ground-level retail restaurant area, a three-level subterranean parking structure beneath the footprint of the building, surface parking, residential amenities, and site improvements. The 5.86-acre site is located at the northwest corner of Garden Grove Boulevard in the City Drive South. The project site is part of a larger 15-acre office complex containing four- and eight-story buildings, structured and surface parking. 
The project site is comprised of three parcels with shared easements linking them together for purposes of vehicle access, utilities, water quality features, and emergency access. A lot line adjustment is proposed to the southeast corner parcel to accommodate the new mixed-use development and for property ownership purposes. The new mixed-use apartment building is designed to safely interface with the adjacent street frontages. Apartment units and residential amenity courtyards are elevated on a five-foot podium, which allows for a separation of the apartment units from the roadway traffic and the sidewalk. Access to the residential units will be from basement level parking to an interior corridor system, stair and stoop entries along the west side of the building, and stairway access points off of the sidewalk along the City Drive South. Each apartment unit is provided with required storage within the unit or assigned lockable storage within the subterranean garage. The majority of the units have balconies or patios. Unit types range from studio to two bedrooms and are 558 to 1,533 square feet in size. Residential common amenities include a fitness center that will be shared with the adjacent office complex, a clubhouse, a pool lounge, pool and spa courtyard, passive open courtyard, a pet lounge, and pet park. 9,000 square feet of ground floor retail restaurant area will be located on the north side of the building, oriented towards the primary access of the larger complex. No commercial tenants have been identified at this time. However, it's anticipated that this area will be used for small retail or takeout restaurant uses. Also included in this development proposal is a 145-space, two-story open parking structure for use by the adjacent office complex to replace parking that will be displaced by the, park it, by the project. The parking structure will be situated to the west of the mixed-use building and parallel to the Garden Grove Street frontage. The project has been designed with the pedestrian in mind. The building is located close to the street, and the main public entrance is oriented to towards the street sidewalk along Garden Grove Boulevard and is designed as a quasi-public plaza. The sidewalk interface of the project along the City Drive South includes a five to 10 foot podium wall with elevated common open spaces above. This condition minimizes the building wall setback and also activates the pedestrian oriented design. Outdoor dining and public plaza seating are provided along the northern edge, which creates an attractive link for pedestrians walking to the site from other offices and residential areas. A new traffic signal and crosswalk will be located at the main entrance driveway along the City Drive South and will provide additional pedestrian connectivity between the project and offices to the east. The project also considers the city's urban mixed-use land use designation in that it provides high-density innovative housing that integrates with the surrounding retail, office, and residential development. The project also provides convenient access to alternate modes of transportation and considers pedestrian activity in the area. Vehicle access to the site is provided by an existing shared driveway and new traffic signal off of the City Drive South and an existing shared driveway along Garden Grove Boulevard. These access points connect to interior drive aisles that lead to 421 subterranean parking spaces accessed on the west side and 13 parallel surface spaces along the north and west sides of the building. The project features a modern urban architectural style. The ground level incorporates storefront windows with metal awnings to help activate the street frontages. 
Architectural features include varied roof lines, extensive use of windows and balconies, alternating wall planes and vertical and horizontal accent details. Complementary exterior building materials also contribute to this architectural style. The design and exterior materials of the proposed two-story open parking structure will coordinate with the existing office complex and open parking structure. The applicant is proposing streetscape enhancements along the site frontages consisting of landscape planters and plaza space. Existing street trees will be retained and the new street trees are proposed along both street frontages. The streetscape landscaping will articulate and soften the five and six story building design and provide a friendly pedestrian interface with the building and sidewalk. Landscaping for interior amenity courtyards and common, and common areas will include random groupings of trees, foundation plantings, and decorative potted plants. The proposed two-story open parking structure will be screened along the Garden Grove Street frontage with foundation planting, existing mature trees, and street trees. Detailed information about the project's architecture and landscape palette are provided in attachment four. Conceptual signage and wall graphics are provided for illustrative purposes and, not, and are not part of this proposal. Monument signage, including oversized letters at the southeast corner of the, of the project um, and uh, wall graphics on the east elevation are provided. Condition of approval number 14 has been included that requires signage and wall graphics to return to the DRC for approval. I'd like to briefly discuss the following issues that were identified in the staff report. The applicant requ requests approval of a conditional use permit for increased building height. The project propo proposes a five and six story building height, which exceeds the maximum allowable height of three stories in the urban mixed use zone without discretionary approval due to the proximity of the project to the single family residential development to the south in the city of Santa Ana. These residences are not street facing and are located approximately 106 feet from the southern footprint of the building. The north portion of the building is six stories in height, while the middle and southern portions are five stories, allowing for better integration with the existing adjacent four and eight story office complex buildings, four story office buildings to the east across City Drive South, and single family residences to the south across Garden Grove Boulevard in the city of Santa Ana. Architectural features including alternating wall planes, variations in building height, exterior material, materials, and balconies are incorporated to break up the building massing. In addition, the landscape plan includes a variety of new trees, shrubs, and ground cover along the building perimeter, which will help soften and screen the building height and scale of the project. In evaluating this request, a shade and shadow analysis was performed to determine if the building would block direct sunlight to adjacent buildings and properties. The analysis concluded that no shade sensitive land uses or areas around the project site would be shaded beyond the city's two hour threshold, which would not constitute an impact to adjacent uses. The applicant is requesting an administrative adjustment for, to, for a 48 space reduction in parking for the mixed use department development. The code requires 481 spaces and only 434 are provided. This represents a 10% reduction in the code required parking for the residential and commercial components of the development. 
Up to a 10% reduction can be requested under the city's administrative adjustment procedures. To support the requested reduction, the applicant has provided a parking analysis that is based on industry standards. The analysis shows that while a city's ratio of 1.94 spaces per unit for the apartments, industry standards for multifamily residential uses have been found to be significantly less, averaging between 1.34 to 1.47. With the 10% reduction, the proposed apartments represent a parking supply ratio of 1.75 spaces per unit. The code required parking for the proposed ground floor commercial area of the project requires 45 parking spaces. A 10% adjustment to this requirement, requirement represents a four space reduction, which calculates to 41 required spaces. Because the tenants for the commercial area have not yet been established, staff utilize the higher takeout restaurant rate of five spaces per thousand square feet of gross floor area rather than the retail rate of four spaces per 1,000 square feet of gross floor area. Condition of approval number 19 within the attached resolution has been included that requires the ratio of takeout restaurant and retail area not to exceed the adjusted 41 parking space requirement. Based on the information provided in the parking study and the use of a higher parking rate for the commercial component of the project, the applicant concludes that the, the proposed parking supply is adequate to support the parking demand for the project. The, pro the applicant is also seeking minor relief from the residential open space requirement. The project requires a total of 31,178 square feet of open space and has provided 30,509 square feet. This rep represents a 670 square foot or 0.98% reduction in required open space. Staff feels with the inclusion of the various residential common open space amenities and nearby pedestrian, bicycle pedestrian and bicycle access to the Santa Ana River Trail it is not anticipated that the requested reduction will negatively impact the project. The applicant has prepared a workforce housing study to demonstrate how the streetlights apartment development would help satisfy the need for workforce housing in the city. The report concludes that the qualifying income levels would be in alignment with individuals earning the median county, county income. The qualifying income le levels high density of the project, and the typical monthly income of jobs in the area demonstrate that the project increases the supply of workforce housing in the city. The applicant has also indicated that the project con contributes to the identified moderate and above moderate income housing needs identified in the city's regional housing needs assessment and supports implementation of the city's 2021 and 2029 housing element. A mitigated negative declaration was prepared to evaluate the physical environmental impacts of the project. The MND finds that the project will have less than significant impacts with the implementation of standard conditions and mitigation measures relating to biological resources, cultural resources, tribal cultural resources, geology and soils, hazardous, hazards and hazardous materials, hydrology and water quality, noise and transportation. The 20-day public review period began on November 23rd, 2022 and ended on December 14th, 2022. 
On November 23, 2022, the city sent a notice of intent to adopt the MND to property owners and tenants within a 400-foot radius of the project site, adjacent cities, and other potentially affected public agencies and utility service providers, and filed the notice with the Orange County Clerk Recorder, initiating the 20-day public review period. This notification was also posted in three locations at the site, at Orange City Hall, and on the city's website. Three letters were received from the Department of Transportation, Orange County Healthcare Agency Environmental Health Division, and the Orange County Transit Authority. Responses to comments were prepared and forwarded to the authors in accordance with the requirements of CEQA in advance of this hearing. Copies of the letters and responses are included as, as attachment nine to this report. City departments reviewed the project plans on multiple occasions and on November 16, 2022, the staff review committee determined that the plans, technical studies and content of the MND were satisfactory and recommended approval of the project to the design review committee subject to, subject to mitigation measures included in the MND and staff recommended conditions. On December, 20, on December 2nd, I'm sorry, on December 7, 2022, the Design Review Committee reviewed the project and recommended approval to the Planning Commission subject to mitigation measures included in the MND and recommended conditions. On February 13, 2023, the City sent a public hearing notice for this Planning Commission meeting to a total of 573 property owners and tenants within a 400-foot radius of the project site and persons requesting the notice. This notification was also posted in three locations at the site, at Orange City Hall and on the city's website. Staff received two electronic public correspondences regarding the project on February 21st, 2023. The first was from Adam Frankel of Lazau Drury LLP, who wrote on behalf of Supporters Alliance for Environment Responsibility or SAFER Mr. Frankel indicated that the project may have significant impacts on air quality, greenhouse gas emissions, energy use, and hazardous materials and requests that the Planning Commission does not adopt the MND and recommends that an environmental impact report is prepared. The second letter received was from Courtney Welch of the California Housing Defense Fund who expressed support of the project. Lastly, as a housekeeping item, I wanted to recommend that the Planning Commission delete a duplicated condition of approval number 89 from the attached resolution. This condition is essentially a repeat of condition 88 with an incorrect timing mechanism. And that concludes my presentation and I am available to answer any questions that you may have at this time. Thank you, Ms. Shorts, appreciate it. Um, commissioners, no doubt we will have questions. Do you have questions uh, to start at this point? I have one. Okay. Yes. Minor, Commissioner Simpson. Minor question. Thank you for the presentation, Mr. Schwartz. I just had a question on um, condition number 14, which deals with the referenced going back to DRC on signage, I believe. I'm assuming that's because they don't have the signage plan made up so correct that would make sense I think this was just for represent representative purposes so that you can kind of get an idea okay. of what they're proposing but okay. the actual specifics and details were Makes not sense. yeah so so on that um, this is for you Ms. Schwartz or Ms. Bohoshek 
I think about other other things we've seen. I think the In and Out project comes to mind. I believe when they had signage that wasn't reviewed by the commission, was that a condition of approval that it would have to go back to DRC, or was that through the zoning administrator or the community development director? What's the precedent of a sign going back to DRC outside of the historic district? Good question. Typically, if the signage is only conceptual when the project's moving forward, depending on the nature of the signage, if there, it may be complex enough that it requires DRC approval. It may also come forward in a way that's more straightforward and can be reviewed by staff. You know, something like simple wall signage and things like that. So, depends on um, the circumstances. And I honestly, I don't recall the specifics on the uh, in and out at the moment. Okay, so it sounds like we have we've done both. Okay, you get the final approval from Planning Commission, but before the issuance of permits, it either goes to staff or to DRC for signage. Correct. Okay. Right. Can I have a question on there? Yes, and then I have a follow-up question can, on that as well. Yeah. So, and I, I've seen this out, and I've got some other ones on some other conditions where it says this about going back prior to building permits. Is there any way we can do that to where the package is broken out? I mean, we don't want to stop these guys from getting their permits and getting their stuff going because it has to go back to a DRC meeting that, that may take one meeting or may take five meetings. So can it be presented that uh, that the signage is broke out as a different package and, and, and for their review instead of tying everything into the permits? Signage is typically broken out of the <clears throat> uh, building permit for the master project, it's typically issued separately than the master project, but we wanted to place a timing mechanism so that we receive the plans to be reviewed and that the DRC has had an opportunity to review them um, with prior to building permit. So if it takes DRC three or four meetings to get through the, these things, it's gonna hold up, could hold up their, their building permits and getting them scheduled in. The commission could certainly take a look at that timing okay. and perhaps adjust it to be uh, in conjunction, you know, fall in conjunction with a building permit final okay. or issuance of certificate or, or of occupancy. Certificate of occupancy. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I see. Um, Senior Assistant City Attorney, did you have anything to add? I saw your mic on. Uh, I, it, there's a couple ways you could handle it. Uh, you could say that leave it as is, which does seem to uh, potentially hold up a building permit, like make it prior to certificate of occupancy, or uh, you could take it out altogether and just say the applicant shall return before the DRC with the final sign package for okay. review and approval, and then whenever it happens, it happens. Okay. <clears throat> Commissioner Simpson, did you want to add anything? Okay. I I was just going to say, we, maybe we can, I'm glad we brought this up and thanks for that further. looking at it, but maybe the applicant can address that and, and a question that we yep. can address it at the end of the I discussion. Do, I appreciate that. I do have a related question. There's, there's condition nine, likewise, that if there's change to architecture, uh, color scheme, things like that, that it would go back to DRC for modification. Is that common? I think that's more typical. Okay. Uh, it, for instance, in number nine, it would be, for first it goes to the community development director, and it's only if that that person uh, thinks it's it merits 
it's a significant enough change that it merits um, a higher body's review. So it's a little bit different. Okay. Yes, if I, if I could just add, I think yes. in most instances, if the changes are minor, we strive to find the plans in substantial conformance with what was approved. We try to work with the applicant to streamline their path to approval. Okay, excellent. Yes. Ms. Swartz, I'm looking at conditions 88 and 89 that you said were identical. Am I looking at the wrong two? One of them has prior to grading permits and the other one has prior to building permits. Right. So the one that I would like to delete is number 89. And that is in here somewhere else? Uh, well, 88, 89, 88 is essentially the same condition, but it has a different timing mechanism, and the 88 is the correct one. Okay. Okay. I think it's important distinctions, though. One is grading permits, one is building, building permits. Yeah. We, can, we can talk through that. You can remember that when it comes time for for deliberation. Any other questions, commissioners or staff at this time? Yeah, just a quick, yes, quick question on the parking count. Um, the current proposed is 434 parks, is that correct? Just so I, I want to make sure I get all my numbers. I think it said 434, but the based on code, it's 490 something. Yeah. That's on. 434. 434. Okay, and then the. And then it mentioned 41 retail. Is that in addition to or as part of the 434? No, it's part. Okay, so total 434. Yes. And then our code would have required 491, I believe. 481. 481, sorry, okay. And then would we have, we would also require additional spots incremental to that for the retail? Well... Retail and the residential is calculated separately, right. but the total 10% encompasses both retail and residential. Okay, so the 481 would have been our total requirement. Correct. Okay, thanks. That's great. <clears throat> and I imagine we'll have questions uh, further about parking, given that that's mm -hmm. the administrative requirements that required yeah. uh, are okay. being sought out. That's great. That's, we're all on the same page. Okay, uh, I'm going to move forward now with the public hearing. I'll open the public hearing here. I think we need to yes, make please. some uh, yes, announcements. Thank you. Uh, we can uh, thank you, Mr. Vice Chair. We can do our um, our what do you call it? Disclosures, Commissioner Disclosures. I'll go first. I met with the applicant in December of uh, last year. Other commissioners? I met with the applicant as well. Um, I started to meet with the applicant, but our internet went down, so I got a little bit of the first part of part of the uh, um, briefing, but. Uh, the staff did a really good job of filling me in on the rest of it. So, I also met with the applicant in late uh, 22 and the representatives. I too met with the applicant back uh, a few months ago. Great. Thank you all. We will now move forward with opening the public hearing. If I can ask the applicant to come forward, introduce yourself, uh, take your time. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ms. Schwartz. My name is Scott Levy, Street Lights Residential. Uh, 
I am the applicant. I'm here tonight with my architect, landscape architect, civil engineer, SQL uh, consultant. Our partners with, uh, that own the office complex, OCS, are also here in support. Uh, we pre uh, prepared an animation that I'd like to run through tonight that I think would help visualize what we're actually presenting here. So it starts out leaving the office complex, heading towards the city drive. So uh, as we start here, thank you, honey. So here we're heading out towards the city drive. Um, the entry would be halfway down that little drive on the right. The fitness that's shared with the office is right there at the closest corner. Retail um, on the inside, but also very visible to the city drive. New traffic signal, which will be installed by our project there, completely on our dollars. Uh, which would give a protected left turn lane. As you head down the city drive, you'll see we're, we're trying to do some art components on the building. The, uh, the pool deck there is elevated and screened for, uh, with landscape to not really make it very visible from the street. Um, as you turn here onto the Garden Grove, you'll see uh, that's our main entry, leasing at the bottom there, um, and then the the side there that would be the western side is where the entrance is subterranean so you go down five feet uh, and that's the first level and then two more levels beneath that for a total of three so initially as you come in it's unprotected for the guest parking and then there's uh, gates within the garage for uh, protected residents parking and then they have everything after that. Uh, internally, there would be signage that would direct if you're going to retail at this direction, if you want to go to leasing at this direction, quick elevator up or stairs are always an option. Uh, we feel like design works out well. Uh, we've looked at the, the office component, uh, wanted minimal disruption with them, so everything's self-contained within the building. And uh, we feel it's a great design, we feel like Everyone who's seen it seems to be supportive. And uh, I have my team here with me. If any questions come up, but that was pretty much it. I think Ms. Schwartz covered most of the details for us. So, Excellent. Okay. Thank, you. Thank you. Commissioner's questions at this time, the applicant. Okay, Mr. Vice Chair. You, you're sitting your podium. It, the only thing that's going to be on the podium will be the swimming pool or your the first floor going to be on top of your podium deck all the way around? So the, the two street frontages, uh, so the leasing office is going to be at ground level. Okay. The retail and fitness on the other end are also at ground level. Um, the residential is all elevated above that, uh, five feet, so essentially a half story. Um, and then it's a half story down for the first layer, so 10-foot difference. Uh, and that's all contained within the middle of the building. So your residential on the on the uh, Garden Grove Boulevard side and on the main entrance going to the office, that's going to be on ground level. Uh, it'll be above uh, commercial, but uh, uh, there'll be some ground level units there. So the, there's some on the on the west side that uh, it's a little elevated. It would be five feet up. Okay. But no residents actually at ground level, five okay. feet elevated. Okay. Uh, appreciate the time. Um, on the retail, on the first floor, how many retail units is it? Uh, it'll depend upon the, the future user. Uh, it, one to three, likely uh, 
one restaurant and one smaller retail. Okay, but three potential. Three would, potential would if it's one, small. If small. Yeah. And then of those spaces, how many like ventilation paths are you planning in the event that like, could it be three restaurants um, based on what you're planning on building? It would probably max out at two. We do have an oversized vent hood that goes all the way up to the roof and it's more centrally located kind of center rear kitchens tend to be in the, the back part right. of the retail center. So we did locate it where two different restaurants could tie in. Likely you would have one. Okay, thanks. Great, Commissioner Simpson. Thank you for the presentation uh, and I appreciate you making it easy to understand. It's a very large project and, and with a very large project comes a lot of conditions. This is your business, so you've done this before, but 144 conditions now, maybe 143. Has you and your team reviewed all those and you're good with what was uh, presented in that? Yes, sir. We have uh, my counsel who wasn't able to make it also reviewed along with our in-house counsel. So uh, we have scrubbed through all those conditions, took some time, but we are comfortable agreeing to this. It's great. We saved some dollars with your counsel not being here tonight. So. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, seeing none others at this time, we can go ahead and sit down. I'm sure we'll Thank have you. questions. And in fact, we will. Um, for members of the public, and I'll start here. I do have a card from a Mr. Adam Frankel. If you can come first, and uh, from the moment you start talking, you have three minutes. Uh, good evening, commissioners. My name is Adam Frankel. I'm with uh, the environmental law firm Lozo Drury. I'm here on behalf of Supporters Alliance for Environmental Responsibility, or SAFER. Uh, SAFER is concerned that the mitigated negative declaration, or MND, prepared for the project, <coughs> excuse me, is legally inadequate. Where there is substantial evidence of a fair argument that an MND has failed to adequately mitigate significant environmental impacts, CEQA requires the preparation of an environmental impact report, or EIR. SAFER has retained multiple independent experts who reviewed the MND and found that it failed to adequately mitigate the project's likely environmental impacts. Therefore, an EIR is required to comply with state law. First, baseline environmental consulting found several issues with the project's air quality analysis. Most notably, the MND failed to include a quantified health risk assessment to evaluate the human health risks that will result from the release of diesel particulate matter, a known human carcinogen, during 18 months of project construction. CEQA requires an analysis to evaluate these health impacts. Baseline also found that the MND's analysis of greenhouse gas emissions and energy use was conclusory and lacking substantial evidence. The greenhouse gas analysis relied on an unadopted and unsupported significance threshold and failed to consider compliance with the 2022 California Air Resources Board scoping plan. The energy analysis similarly failed to consider feasible adoption of renewable energy alternatives, including further installation of solar panels and electrification of in internal building appliances. Finally, SAFER's indoor air quality expert found an excess cancer risk resulting from the use of formaldehyde in indoor building materials throughout the project. Uh, this calculation was done assuming compliance with state standards, which are set by the California Air Resources Board, and nonetheless still found that the use of formaldehyde, which is widely used in indoor furnishings, would result without mitigation in a cancer risk to future residents of the project of 120 per million, which is 12 times greater than the South Coast Air Quality Management District's threshold of significance of 10 per million. 
Uh, we believe this is an additional impact which must be evaluated and mitigated by an EIR. And finally, um, there were baseline consulting found that there were uh, additional studies done regarding the potential presence of hazardous materials in soil and, and potential indoor air quality impacts, and that those studies were not included in the MND, and that there's not been final approval from the state regulatory agency um, regarding the conclusion of any cleanup from the prior uh, effects from the dry cleaning business that was previously located on the site. Based on the foregoing, we urge you to deny approval of the MND and instead direct staff to undertake the necessary efforts to prepare an EIR. Thank you very much. Mr. Frankel, we don't ordinarily do this, but I do have a follow-up question. Maybe if you can give me just a very brief response. I was reading through your letter and was hoping I could get an understanding. I wasn't familiar with the alliance. If you could just briefly let me know uh, more about the alliance that, you, that you're writing on behalf of the Supporters Alliance for Environmental Supporters Alliance for Environmental Responsibility. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization of individuals who live and work in the area throughout Southern California and are concerned with ensuring compliance with CEQA, um, principally enhancing public participation in the environmental review process and mitigating environmental impacts. Thank you, Mr. Frankel. Thank Appreciate you. it. Any members of the public uh, wish to speak on the item? Seeing none, um, we will, well, how about this? I'll ask before we close the public hearing, do commissioners have questions of the applicant at this point? Um, certainly, that's, that's advice Chair reminded me. Traditionally, we'll have the applicant come at the conclusion of public comment. Would the applicant like to, your choice, would you like to kind of conclude remarks? Excellent. If you could just state your name. Thank you. Staff Commissioner, my name is Greg Nader with Streetlights Residential, uh, also here on behalf of the applicant. Um, our CEQA consultant is here. Um, Cecilia, yeah. to introduce you to the team and she can address. Hello um, again. I haven't discuss. seen a few of you in a while. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just wanted to address some of the comments that Mr. Frankel brought up um, uh, and clarify that, yes, there was, in fact, a construction HRA that was prepared because we did identify the nearest sensitive receptor being 100 feet away, so that's pretty standard. That was included. There was uh, air quality, indoor air quality investigation done as a result of the former dry cleaning uh, operations that were on site. Um, I don't know if you guys, uh, he listed several things. Those were the two that stuck out to me. Um, I'm happy to answer any additional questions or clarify any points. Thank you. Any questions for the CEQA consultant? Yeah, I think I was reading through the MND. You guys did do some abatement on, I think it was the PCS, is it, that was from the dry cleaning mm -hmm. in, that, uh, in the quadrant? And I think it, uh, you did a couple of remediations on it. Correct, And yeah. found out that it was below standards by the time you guys had closed it out. Correct. Uh, so the applicant coordinated all of the remediation and cleanup on site from the dry cleaning. And um, I think um, it is now or will be below the residential threshold. So the residential threshold is one of the most um, stringent thresholds compared to, you know, mixed use, any other uses. So residential, it's already below. And, and I, did you receive his letter? Yes, I did receive a copy. Um, he had a bunch of cases in there that he cited. I kind of looked through some of them. A lot of them I don't think had to do with residential as much as it had to do with 
oil rigs and golf Correct. courses. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, um, he also identified um, the use of diesel trucks because this is residential and uh, very small commercial. There won't be any diesel trucks in the operations. Time. Yeah. I, I do have a follow-up, if that's okay. Uh, just um, one of the broader points of the argument is that um, it's not legally adequate that it should be a um, MND or EIR versus MND. Just do mm -hmm. you more broadly have a comment mm -hmm. to that. I actually didn't hear that from the speaker. As yeah, much, yeah, absolutely. So I can uh, go over that as well. So um, the environmental analysis, we did several standalone technical studies, which would also be required for an EIR, but the MND is sufficient because all impacts were able to be mitigated to less than significant levels. There was nothing that was uh, significant and unavoidable. Any other questions? The consultant. And yes. I believe that's in that it's also if, if something was to arise, you guys would have a, a plan to uh, mediate it and That's correct. It. We do have, um, I believe it's uh, two hazard mitigation measures. And uh, one of them involves um, notifying and coordination with uh, Orange County Health in case there were any issues. Um, so that's, that's all covered in our mitigation. Thank you. I have a separate question related, however, to the um, MND. One of the responses, I believe it was from, it was from Caltrans. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if it was their comment six, maybe. I can't remember exactly, but it was related to kind of storage for Amazon lockers and things like that because my sense was the high density and mm -hmm. I think the report basically said, okay, great, but this doesn't have anything to do with environmental impacts. Yeah, um, it, it really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. So it just sounds like there's, I understood that point, but it doesn't sound like there's consideration and therefore to, to, um, to I think I would like have that. to point to applicant okay. uh, to answer that question since that's more of a... I didn't, I didn't see it. I guess I'll look for a head nod. There's not any sort of Amazon lockers or anything like that in the project. Actually, well, we will have you come. One just stood out to me. Yes, sir. We typically do have a locker room in addition to the mail room uh, for package deliveries and things like that. Okay, wonderful. I think that's what I was looking for. Appreciate it. Yes, I saw the bicycle lockers. I did. Yes, but um, okay. Uh, we'll close the public hearing. Thank you. And uh, commissioners, questions of staff or further discussion? I have one. Yes, Commissioner Simpson. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, under staff, during the 20-day 20 uh, 20, 20 review period um, for the MND, I'm assuming that's when letters are sent to the agencies that responded. You listed three, Orange OCTA, um, uh, Caltrans, Orange County Healthcare Agency, uh, the Environmental Health Division. Uh, is I'm assuming that the AQMD and other agencies um, also receive that as a matter of your normal protocols of sending letters. Yes, they did. Okay, and they no she, comments received. Gotcha. Okay, okay, that's all, Mr. Chair. Thank you, Commissioners. Any other questions of staff? I am. Trying to think, I guess I'm processing out loud, it's dangerous. We've not done an administrative adjustment, I think, in the three years, three or plus years that I've been on the commission. I know we've done bonuses for affordable housing and things like that. Um, so I, I guess in terms of, it just sounds like obviously it's the right of any applicant to request that of the commission and then it's our discretion. There's no state law associated with that, I think beyond the cap of 10%, is that correct? Correct. Okay, just wanna make sure I understand it correctly. 
Um, I think, yes, Mr. Mr. Vice Chair. Uh, we have a question, a transportation-related question. Why don't you ask the question, and then staff yeah, can determine it, if it'll be it, Mr. Keyes to answer. Well, it, it goes with the parking. Um, and I didn't see it on there. How many visitors parking will they have outside of their gated parking in the second story or in the, in the parking structure? And how many will be set up for the retail down there? And we have 13 on the outside that's set for retail. Uh, visitor parking is both um, on the surface level and within the structure. Um, hang on one second. I know there's 41 total, I think, for for that, or is that what I wrote down? For, for retail, does that include visitors parking? Uh, maybe the applicant can answer that question. I don't know exactly how many uh, guest parking are out on the surface level. Is that what you're asking? No, just total. How many? Oh. What do we have for resident? What do we, what do we have for the commercial side? We have 13 outside. That's both. And then we have, there's an area inside the parking structure that is for residential or for guests and for uh, retail. And, and what's that number? If my math is correct from my last questions, 343 is the total parking and the allocation for retail is 41, so that would leave 393 dedicated parking spaces for residential. I believe that's based on my questions that I asked earlier. I might be wrong. But I, I, I know it was retail. I didn't know if that included visitors parking. I think it um, the does the applicant have an answer to the question? Oh, sorry, Ms. Ms. Schwartz. Why don't we go ahead? I'm going to reopen the public hearing. I think it's important. We want to get this right. If the applicant, take your time, of course. And just in general, yeah, I'm seeing 421 in the parking structure, 145 in the open surface parking, and then 13 surface as well. But we're asking for the breakdown of yeah. great. residential, commercial so, to residential. So, Mr. Vice Chair, why don't you ask the specific question and they'll answer it. The, what is the breakdown between the commercial and the guest parking uh, outside of the parking structure? 41 for each. So it's 82 total. Correct. 41 guests, 41 commercial. Correct. So just a quick follow-up question then. How many parking spaces are there for people who live in the building? 352. And how many units? 225. Do you happen to know how many of those units are two bedrooms? I must have missed it. I'm sorry. 87. 87. 87. Thank you. Any other questions while we have the applicant here? Okay, no, I'll close the public hearing. Thank you. Next question is Mr. Keyes again. The um, like we do when we have issues with parking and, and structures and stuff like this, especially when they're doing a reduction, that if there does seem to be a problem, that uh, they have to do something to remedy that problem and so that they're not parking where they're not supposed to be parking. Uh, Vice Commissioner Glasgow, members of the commission, I have to plead... Uh, that I do not know because when it comes to traffic traf when it comes to traffic engineering I will be asking I will be answering questions that you have 
relative to the operations, signalization, trip generation numbers. But when it comes to the parking issue, it is our planning department that establishes the, uh, the code. It is our planning department that gives the maximum. So unfortunately, I can't answer that question. I apologize. So, But Commissioner okay. Glasgow, if you could refer to condition number 37. It states in conjunction with the operation of the businesses and apartments should parking or queuing issues arise on the site or the surrounding neighborhood, the applicant shall work with the community development director to resolve any issues. If such, such issues are not resolved to the city's satisfaction, the major site plan review application shall be presented to the planning commission for its consideration of further conditions and modifications. That's. I didn't see it in there when I first went through them, but that's what I was looking for to make okay. sure it was in there. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Great. And then I have a somewhat related question. I know a year or two ago, we took a look at kind of changing some of the uh, parking requirements and certain uses around um, the city, obviously. And are any of the uses that we're looking at here, were any of those lowered in our most recent, recent parking uh, requirement change? Uh, Office uses and retail uses were lowered. Right. So, Ms. Pohashek, if you can turn your mic on, please. Thank you. And um, the updated parking code also included some language about consideration of mixed-use environments, where you know, sim similar to this instance, where you've got a lot of employment in walking distance to what conceivably would be food service or retail that would serve. The, uh, not only the residential population, but the employment population. It's an important point. I know that was reminding me of the discussion we had at the time of the kind of nature of, of the way people, we do life. And I'm even thinking about the high density. Of, I wouldn't even say high density, actually. It's actually low density given the mixed use area, it sounds like. But given that, you know, I imagine that these restaurant choices are going to be for those that live there and whatnot. So, um, Okay, so we did lower office use and um, retail. Retail, okay. Um, do we? I should have asked the applicant this, but is there was there? Uh, I, I guess I didn't necessarily see a request as to why they're looking for the ten percent administrative adjustment beyond um, just we think that we could the way that it's working. We think we can make it work. Was it intent to squeeze in you know more space for bedrooms for retail? Excellent. We'll reopen the public hearing. And then we have another question, so it's good. Thank you. But I want to stay closer this time. We've built uh, these similar apartments all over the, the particularly southern half of the U.S. Uh, we're very familiar with what our typical renter's parking requirements are. We found it to be 1.5 is what we target. Uh, we're over-parking that here by 55 spaces uh, to almost 1.8, I believe. Um, going all the way up without getting the 10%, we would have had to go down even farther than B3. Depths started becoming a problem, become very expensive. Um, and it just, it, we were already overparked, and it just would have added really burdensome costs to the project. Uh, in addition, the office parking, which uh, is typically office and residential or opposite hours, the office parking uh, is overparked as well significantly. It was originally built to a four per thousand. Code now is three per thousand. Um, 
looking at the maintenance sheds and all that stuff, including parking for that, it would came to, I believe, 88 extra spaces in the office. So we felt like even if uh, there was some kind of event where it was much higher than our typical demand, there would still be overflow parking within the, the overall site plan, the adjacent office. But we don't feel like that had actually ever occurred just because we're going down to full B3 for an extra okay. 55 space. Very helpful. So we don't anticipate kind of the signage at the office kind of saying, you know, parking for office tenants only type thing? No. Okay. It's, I believe that this project will uh, handle all the parking on its own okay. completely within the garage. Okay. Mr. Vice Chair. Yeah. Parking. And, and Thank if, you. if it doesn't, is the... Uh, you're building a two-story parking structure behind the office to take care yeah. of some of the parking for that. Would that be available to the residents or to the retail uh, after the hours that the offices are closed, or is that strictly for that office building? It's strictly for the office, but we have spoken with our partners, and they said they'd be open to a parking share if that became a problem down the road. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Any other questions? Okay. Close Thank public you. hearing. Thank you again. Don't get too comfortable, but I think... I think We'll see. We'll hope for the best. Yes. Um, any other questions, thoughts? We haven't discussed the CUP request for height. I don't know if anybody has any perspective on that or anything. Any questions related to that? Just put it on the table. Usually when we get a CUP for height, I think there it's come before us when we've had low-income housing or low-income senior housing, and they've asked for density bonus, mm -hmm. and they've asked for that. Uh, I can't remember that we've ever had something come before us that's asked for an additional height without having either low or very low income housing attached to it. I don't have a problem with it here. Um, I did read their study on their shadow studies, which falls in line with the city guidelines. Um, it's at the probably the southwestern area of the city, and, and um, I, I, like I said, I don't have a problem with it there because of what's around it and, and the other uses. Yes, the, the houses across the street in Santa Ana don't face the street. They, they run uh, north and south instead of running east and west. Um, I think there's, there is another, is it a five-story building or four-story building just to the west side of that, which is, I think, uh, it was, it was in the fly-through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it fits in with where it's at. Um, I don't have a problem with the CUP on the, on okay. the height. So. Thank you. I appreciate your thoughts on that. I, I would agree. Ordinarily, I'm just thinking the overall project, the density, and as I was sort of jokingly saying earlier, is well below what the code requires. Actually, gets us closer to what the code requires, but it's still below. So um, I would agree on that. Just to continue discussion, does anybody want to, any thoughts at all? The other administrative adjustment as it relates to open space, I'll say for me, not an issue. There's plenty of amenity space, I think, is the intent there. So I think that's sufficient. Your thoughts? Okay. Uh, commissioners will look at this time then for motion or further deliberation. I'll make some comments. Please. Um, thank you. Thank you for coming to the city of Orange. Um, you guys did a great job of designing a building. I think it'll fit well in that area. And, and I think when it's done, we'll... Um, will house a lot of orange citizens and residents in there and uh, it'll be a nice looking building to be put some nice amenities into it to give open space and give uh, being able to walk it's next to the trails so you were thoughtful enough to put bike bike lockers in there so they can store their bikes and not have to worry about them but uh, I do like the project and and I will be in support of the project with the conditions 
Other commissioners, comments? I, I will just say, I, as, go ahead. Okay. Um, as I, I looked at this, and I really appreciate the effort that the team put together to talk to us and engage us and, and early and, and surface issues and, and the staff presentation tonight and support. Um, I did, I went by town and country, uh, that development we've, we approved, uh, and it, it looks lovely. It's really nice, and the reason I bring it up is because the one thing I missed um, is the sidewalks in that area are very, very narrow. So the simulation you sent uh, alleviated some fear, and and uh, from me, if it, like you guys did a good job in the design of it overall, but especially the sidewalks, I think I think that was I'll, I'll say is a miss on my part not to at least ask about it when that other project was considered completely unrelated to this one, of course. Uh, I just appreciate the time and, and attention to detail, and, and that's one detail I wanted to call out. Um, I, I am fine with the uh, request, administrative requests, and uh, feel confident that we've uh, we've crossed T's and dotted I's crossed. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <clears throat> Thank you. Anybody else? I do have it. Okay, Mr. Vice Chair. Question for staff. Um, in the DRC's um, uh, conditions. There's a few things I'd like to take a look at, um, and I, it has to do with they're asking it before the prior to building permits that the larger tree wells with grates shall be used on the street trees to enhance those. That's kind of hard to do before you have a permit to, to do anything out there. So I think some of these should say prior to either uh, prior to um, Certificate of occupancy, or because um, you do it prior to you, some of the stuff you can't do prior to building permits. Um, applicants shall install screening to the ceiling mounted lights in the in the new standalone parking structures. That's pretty hard to do when your parking structure is not built. Um, so I think some of them should be in the uh, you know, prior to occupancy um, or during permitting process that shall be shown, but. To have it prior to building permits when the building's not done. Prior to building permits, tall palm trees shall be planted against the tall blank wall on the northeast tower element of the project adjacent to the proposed murals. It's pretty hard to put a tree in when the building's not there. So maybe move those to certificate of occupancy or uh, on landscape drawings show that they're there and then prior to, to the occupancy that, that they, they have to be in. Um, uh, so, like I said, it's. Um, you know, prior to the building permits, the landscape treatment between the podium wall and, and, and runs parallel to the city's drive south shall be broken into landscape zones. Like I said, it's pretty hard to do those prior to the permits to be an issue. So, and, and maybe look at doing it prior to a certificate of occupancy or showing on the plans as they're going through the permitting process. Yes, Vice Chair, I think I would suggest um, the approach that those. Um, those elements be indicated on the construction drawings prior to issuance okay. of building permit. Okay. Yeah, but like I said, it's, it, this has it being done prior to the permits being issued. So I'll accept, yeah, just have it on the construction drawings as it's going through the permitting process. Mr. Vice Chair, do you have anything else? Um, nope, that's okay. it. And I'll just add, you know, I think it's a, it's a neat project. Um, we need housing. Um, grateful that, though, though obviously in this case it's not affordable housing, which is certainly up to the applicant, you know, to have workforce housing. Appreciated the study. 
appreciate that you're considering doing it at the median income uh, of the region of the county. Um, it's beautiful. Everything we've looked at here, it's beautiful. I'd want to live there. Um, so it's, it's, we get these neat opportunities sometimes to see the general plan kind of intention of mixed use and whatnot lived out, and I think this is one of those projects. Um, I came in with a little bit of concern for the parking. You answered those directly. Certainly understand the cost factors, and, um, and I'll call it your expertise in knowing how you build what you build and having it uh, played out. So we'll, we'll trust that, and just in case, you know, trust but verify, we have the condition that we, we brought up here uh, to monitor, so I'm fine with that. Um, what else? I think I'd add, you know, I'm just, we had some conversation for whoever makes the motion. We had some conversation about um, the DRC and the timing by which, um, you know, if it was the building or grading, so we can, we can also keep that into consideration. But those are my comments. We'll look for a motion or if anybody wants to make a comment. I'll go ahead and make the motion if that's okay. Um, Okay, great. And I'm going to defer to folks as we make um, as we make this come alive. Okay, so I move that the Planning Commission adopt Planning Commission Resolution Number PC33-22, entitled "The Resolution of the Planning Commission, the City of Orange, Approving Conditional Use Permit Number 3138-21, Major Site Plan Review Number 1040-21, Design Review Number 5030-21, Administrative Adjustment Number 0051-21, and Mitigated negative declaration number 1875-21 to demolish an existing retail building in order to construct a new 225 unit mixed use apartment development, open parking structure for the adjacent office complex use, related site improvements, and a reduction of 48 parking spaces and 670 square feet of open space located at 840 the city drive south. Before before we have a second. Was there anything here missing mentioning the, did I mention the conditional use permit? Oh, I did. Okay, great. Number. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Um, and with that, before we second, if we can kind of um, talk about the, um, the conditions of approval first, we'll want to strike the staff recommended, which 89. was 89. And then that would keep in place 88. I don't know if that was at grading or at building earnings. At, uh, at that. grading. Is that, that's, that fits yeah. with what you were, were wanting? 89 was the building. Was the concern. Okay, great. And then you have some recommendations for the conditional use. Permit. I do, Our Mr. Condition. Chairman. Yeah, please go ahead. So on uh, condition number 14, I would, I would suggest something along the lines of all signage shall comply with OMC chapter 17-17.36 sign regulations prior to the building permit insurance the applicant. So shall submit for review and approval by the community development director uh, uh, plans uh, should modification be considered uh, substantial uh, those should be reviewed and approved by the DRC along those lines does that make sense um, but you said it as prior to building as during building permit because I, I, I think we want to pull it out and have it as a separate item okay I so, uh, so pull the signage out as prior, a second. Uh, yeah, it reads now prior to. Yeah, it reads now prior to. So that means it could still hold it up if it's prior to building permits be an issue, just that the, uh, okay. um, that the signage will come back as a separate package uh, during the permitting process. Mr. Oshak, do you have some comments on that? For the previous discussion, we talked about, the committee talked, commission talked about uh, linking it to issuance of the certificate of occupancy. Occupancy. 
Yeah, yeah, that would work. And and also with the DRC's um, conditions of, of the, the tree planting and the wells, those should be done uh, as a certificate of occupancy and not as during the uh, prior to building permits being issued. As the maker of the motion, I accept all those um, as my motion. Uh, I'll second it. Okay, thank you, commissioners. Um, and before we vote, I will I will add because technically we can still talk about the, the, the deal. Um, grateful for the your the CEQA consultant um, and grateful for the conversation that was had. My concerns after reading the letter were assuaged. So thank you, commissioners. Please vote. Congratulations, your project, the motion carries 5-0, and um, best of luck moving forward. Excellent. We'll now move forward with our last item. This is item 6.3, public hearing. <clears throat> Recommendation to the City Council regarding amendment of zoning code to update references to membership with the Planning Commission and Design Review Committee and finding of CEQA exemption. Uh, staff, is there a report on this item? City Attorney Mary Binning will be presenting this. <laughs> Is that news? <laughs> Ready, right? Ready. I have seen this before. Yes. Um, thank you very much. What's before you is a recommendation to the City Council. And the reason that it's before you is because a portion of this proposed ordinance amendment uh, concerns the zoning code, and that's within your purview uh, that a re recommendation from the Planning Commission is required. There's a portion of the proposed ordinance that is not in the zoning code but uh, it makes sense to have it all wrapped up in one so uh, essentially what this does is codify the action taken by the city council which was to expand the boards committees and commissions to seven members in in our code uh, there are a nu numerous you'll see them here in the ordinance references either to the number of members at five which has to be amended to seven or a quorum of three, which now, of course, has to be a quorum of four. Uh, those changes are being made at the direction of the city council. Um, and let's see, there was one more. Oh, the traffic the commission did have a qualification in there that a member of the traffic commission be appointed by the uh, Orange Unified School District. That has not been the case in many years. So we're re removing that from the requirements. It can always be done. It just doesn't have to be in the code. If Thank you. you've ever driven down Cambridge, north or south, or around Orange High School, or one of these schools that at opening and closing, somebody should be on there. It's it's a mess. Mm. Uh, that and that's always an option. Uh, they they could all be um, yeah. so long as they live in Orange. Yeah. <laughs> all all seven members could be from the. Well, he's the only one up here who has served on the traffic uh, commission. So <laughs> we value your insight. Um, and I would add, Miss Benning, correct me if I'm wrong. Right, the, the other change is. Right now, code mentions that we meet at 7 p.m. Seems True. like city. Can you explain uh, that one, please? Uh, yes, that's right. That's a more administrative change that we inserted in there. Uh, there's no change proposed to the time that you meet, but if there ever were to be a change, uh, it's very cumbersome to have to amend the code. It's much easier to do it by resolution. So. Okay. I think I saw dinner provided to the commissioners as well. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Totally kidding. We'll, um, we'll move to happy hour maybe sometime. <laughs> well, we'll condition that. So. We, have, we, we have happy hours. <laughs> okay, commissioners. Uh, well, first off, do we have to, is there, there's not a public hearing on this, is there? Do we, take, do we have to take? Actually, do, yes, it is a public okay. hearing. 
Okay, great. And actually, staff, if I can ask, the staff report before we do that kind of left blank where it was posted in the newspaper and where, where around town it didn't mention. Just, I think it was maybe a miss. On our, so yeah. where, where was it posted? This, because of the nature of this particular ordinance, the citywide applicability, it, it wasn't something that was posted or mailed. It was, uh, it appeared in the newspaper in a larger format. Okay. And that, that works? Yes, that, that's Great. an alternative. Okay. Excellent. Um, so then I'll go ahead and open the public hearing. Any member of the public wishes to speak? Seeing no nobody in the chambers and having not received any comments, <laughs> we'll close the public hearing. And uh, we'll look for a commission uh, motion on this. Pretty straightforward. I don't know if Trapassonian wants a final commission, uh, commission no, uh, motion. <laughs> motion. All right, I will motion to uh, That's okay. adopt resolution number PC03-23, a resolution of the Planning Commission of the City of Orange, recommending that the City Council adopt an ordinance amending pertinent provisions of the Orange Municipal Code to reflect an increase in the membership of the Planning Commission and Design Review Committee. Thank you. Commissioner Martinez has seconded the motion. <coughs> Commissioners, please vote. The motion carries five to zero, and I would say to the maker of the motion, congratulations, this is your legacy. Yeah. City of Orange having made the motion, there you go. But uh, in all seriousness, we do wanna, uh, and I'd open up to the commissioners if you wanna share, if that's okay. Uh, want to just say thank you for your service to the Planning Commission. You've added a lot. Even hearing you speak tonight, I'm like, darn, we're going to miss your insight. Um, no, truly, and you've, you've kind of gotten up to speed so quickly. So, Jonathan, thanks. It's been an honor to serve alongside you. And, of course, um, thank you for your, your many ways you've served the community. It's been an honor. The honor is Cheering all mine. This chamber and this group is, uh, you know, men and, and, and women who serve the city uh, who have a heart for orange, uh, as I do. Uh, I was born and raised here. My parents live here. We are keeping our home here. Uh, it is very bittersweet, but thank you for the words. Appreciate it. Thank you. You forgot to say that you're not renting it out to students who may live in a nearby college either. <laughs> so I will go on the record and say I do not discriminate. <laughs> Kidding. Any, any, anybody else would like to speak? I see uh, yeah. Mr. Vice Chair and then Mr. Martinez and Mr. Simpson. Everybody. Uh, Everybody. Yeah, Mr. Trevor. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You were insight on a lot of the... Uh, um, one, getting up to speed as fast as you did and, and being able to put input, especially on our restaurants and on our drive-thrus and, and, and even on the housing elements that have come before us. You've uh, always had the right questions to ask and done your diligence on, on understanding what was before you and, and, and making a, a real good educated vote and being a part of this commission. Thank you. I just want to say the same thing and also it's been an honor to serve with you. I want to wish you all the best. And I will. Go ahead. No, um, I was just going to say that it'll be sad that you're gone, but at least we'll have a full commission voting on every fast food restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> Drive this through. Is, this is true. This is true. Somehow he still got the full stipend too. You know. <laughs> Jonathan, I would just echo everything um, I, and add that uh, I, I've, I've, I know your family at least part of it, and I, um, you're one of the most ethical guys I know. Um, hit the ground running and it's almost like you're married to someone who's in municipal law that advises you 
Um, and no, uh, wonderful family, and thank you for your service to Orange. I think all of our spouses advise us uh, probably too much. So, some, um, but uh, bless you and your coming, you're going, my friend. Uh, the meeting is adjourned. The next regular Planning Commission meeting will be held on Monday, March 6th uh, at 7 p.m. in the Council Chamber. Thank you.